Wraparound with Grace, Alessia, and Marjorie. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of The Wraparound. I'm Marjorie. I'm Alessia. And I'm Grace. And there's lots to talk about this week. Um, Round two playoff matchups. Lots of, um, not lots of, but trades. Eliminate teams. lots of drama though. (laughs) Lots of drama. Lots of drama within the NHL and within this group right now with conflicting ideas. Oh boy. (laughs) Especially Marjorie and Grace. (laughs) But luckily enough for you guys, you guys get to listen to this. So... Let's just get right into it and talk about all these amazing segments that we have because it's a jam-packed episode this week. The first thing that we're going to talk about is something that is important to us because we are a all-female podcast. We are an all-female run uh, group that is obviously part of the sports industry and um, I'm sure you guys already know what we're going to talk about, but it's going to be Mike Milbury's comments that he made during one of the games about women and uh, them serving as a distraction for the hockey players in the bubble. Um, I know as soon as I heard them, I was very upset to think that uh, a man of his position in Uh, the industry that he's in with millions of people watching, especially younger children, younger girls, and especially younger boys too, are listening to these comments and thinking that it's okay. And uh, we all know that it's not okay. So um, I don't know. what. How are you guys feeling about that? I was upset because sports is still seen as a boys club and every single sport, not just hockey. Um, And when in reality, women can have just as much knowledge or even more knowledge than their male counterparts in this industry. And even uh, we're all in sport media at Ryerson and it's a great inclusive program, but just the numbers of men to women in the program are still just astounding. So it, it really just proves that we do have to work harder to be taken seriously. Yeah, I have to agree. I was honestly really upset And I thought it was a dumb comment, plain and simple. And all three of us know women have to work 10 times harder, if not more, to make it into the sport media industry. And we shouldn't just be seen as a distraction, like he said. Like just being in first year of Ryerson Sport Media Program, I've met so many talented women who are so knowledgeable about sports. It's crazy. Just as knowledgeable as men are. So I personally did not like that comment as well yeah um the point this point was brought up to me um by a couple people that his comments were taken out of context and blown out of proportion and while in some people's minds that might be true I don't think it is but to some people it might be even the smallest slight towards women in this industry has to be taken seriously because it just shows that that mindset is still it still exists like the smallest piece of it in people's minds might still think that women aren't equal or they don't know as much. And that's, it's important that we eliminate that thought and that mindset because otherwise we're never going to get anywhere in the industry. And the most upsetting part to me, I think, is that, you know, even though there is young kids watching younger girls, younger boys, and even though they might not really uh, get the context of the situation when they hear these comments, I feel like it still leaves something uh, with them and especially with younger boys listening uh, to and watching these games 
you know, we don't want to teach them that that's okay. And then that's what, that's what women are for. And like, that's what they should think of women. And then especially with little girls, then that discourages them from getting into this amazing industry that we're also trying to break into. And I know that um, I'm not an avid uh, hockey fan as long as you guys have been. Uh, we all know that. But I knew as soon as I started watching hockey and I thought that's the, the kind of the path I wanted to get into, uh, into the media industry, uh, it was very clear that you know, you kind of have to work a lot harder to get into that industry. There's probably what, two, three women that are, have like been the main face of this, you know, hockey part of the industry and uh, majority of, and the rest of it is just male. So to hear another one of those guys saying something about this, it, it kind of uh, discredits all the work that these women have uh, worked for and all these uh, things that they have achieved to be able to work in this industry. That is sadly sometimes plagued by individuals like him who say things without thinking. Um, but at the end of the day, it's uh, good to hear that NBC has suspended him. The NHL has kind of been like, you know what, this is obviously not what we stand for and uh, kind of axed him right away. And I think it was long overdue. I think. Mike Milbury has said some some silly things in the past that we have all been very uh, upset about. It's been very controversial, but at the end of the day, we're all really happy, I guess, that this issue is kind of resolved. You know, being that like he was suspended, but you know, we still have to fight for women's equality. We still have to fight for men to see as these equals, especially in the sport media industry. And I'm really lucky to work with you guys because it's great to see it's great to empower other women and it's great to see other women achieve goals in the sport media industry. And speaking of that, I would like to draw attention to the hashtag, not a distraction. So it was actually started by Pucker Up Sports, which is a blog that I work for. And I personally, and I'm sure Marjorie and Alessia do too, mm -hmm. want you to continue using this hashtag. If you're a woman in sports, whether you're a fan of sports, you're in the sport media industry, you're trying to break into it, whatever, continue using this hashtag. And I'm going to be monitoring it over the next couple of weeks and see who is still using it and everything. <laughs> um, but keep using it and keep pushing this point that we're not a distraction. We're completely equal to men and we know just as much as they do. Yeah, we're all equal and we all know our worth and I feel like it's time for other people to start seeing our worth as well so I think that was our little two cents on that uh just be I think it's just something that was really important to us uh, being women and it's great to talk about it and kind of get the ball rolling and have this conversation spoken about with that being said the round two uh of the Stanley playoffs has begun it's underway the games are currently being uh <laughs> played right now <laughs> yeah so we uh we had to reschedule the show this week it's like 5 p.m usually we record early <gasps> afternoon um but i moved um marjorie started working <laughs> oh yes i also started working and alessia we had to fit into her schedule too so it was yeah. um it was a bit much so we didn't really take into consideration that there were games being played right now. And uh, as you know, us watching these games are pretty important and are pretty integral to us giving you the most up-to-date and uh, 
I guess you would say actual factual information. <laughs> but you know, life's been a little busy lately, so we're yeah. gonna we're gonna mm-hmm. try our best. We always do, but there's some great, great playoff matchups at the moment. So we've got the Bruins versus the Lightning. We've got the Islanders versus the Flyers. We've got the Canucks versus the Knights. And then lastly, the Avalanche versus the Stars. That's uh, lots of games, uh, but lots of great, great series. So my question for you guys is, who do you predict to win each series? Okay, let me add it. Okay, go. Okay. Tampa versus Boston. Yeah. Tampa, because my mom's a Boston fan, and I refuse <laughs> to let her team win. Sorry, Paula. <laughs> sorry, Paula. I'm not sorry at all. Um, Islanders versus Flyers. I want the Flyers to win. I think the Flyers are going to go. Um, but then again, we've underestimated the New York Islanders before. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> the Vancouver Canucks and the Vegas Golden Knights. Marjorie's about to laugh at me because I'm going to give a very special shout out to Phil, who oh, is an yeah. avid Vancouver Canucks <laughs> fan and has been roasting me since this series started. And I am going with the Golden Knights all the way. Sorry, Phil. The Canucks will not win. You can't convert her. No. And then Dallas. Oh, wait, can I just say, screw Canada's team. They are not Canada's team. <laughs> oh my god. What? The Vancouver Canucks okay, no. will if never any- be Canada's team. No, if anything, I feel like Canada's team would be like, I can't even, I don't even I know. Even say. The Leafs, Marjorie? Okay. Really? No. Okay. <laughs> Who, okay. Who in Canada likes the Leafs besides Torontonians? Literally nobody. Yeah, exactly. Canada just doesn't. We they, we don't have a team. No, we don't. No, we, we don't. Um, the Detroit Red Wings are those Canada's team? The, oh. They have our colors. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then for the Dallas and Colorado series, Dallas is up to nothing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not predicting an upset. Because <laughs> that's not. We're not happen. good at those. Um, <laughs> but I I do I did have Dallas coming out of this series, but not um, a sweep which is what it looks like it yeah. might be. I didn't have them going for this week, but whatever. Alessia, what are you What are you thinking? Okay, so for me, Bruins versus Tampa. I have Tampa. I think they're going to go far. Islanders yes. versus Fight Flyers. So I have, and this is, I really like the Flyers. I've said that so many times. But after watching the Flyers in games five and six in their series versus Montreal, in the first game they played against the Islanders, I wasn't too impressed. I didn't think they, like, created exciting chances, like, scoring chances. Like, they weren't amazing. Um, So I'm kind of siding with the Islanders, but I can definitely see the Flyers winning this as well. So I think that's going to be close. Canucks versus the Knights. Um... I, le- I like Quinn Hughes. I like Pedersen. He's leading the team in points and assists, but I prefer the Knights in this I'm one. The so dark side. We have cookies. <laughs> <laughs> now, last episode, I said oh my Stanley Cup matchup would be the Flyers <laughs> and the Avalanche. And let me tell you, that is the last time I'm going with my gut feeling because every year – I go by stats. So last year, I'm like, okay, Tampa's got to win this thing. And they absolutely did not. So I'm like, you know what? 
let me go with my gut feeling this season. And that's not looking too good for Colorado. No bueno for you. No bueno <laughs> for this. So I'm going to go with the stars for this one. And yeah, like, you know, you can't really bet against a team that has a 2 nothing lead in a series. So I'm going with the stars for this one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have the exact same predictions as you guys. So the Bruins versus Lightning. I have the Lightning. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like it's the Lightning. It's the Lightning's year, and I feel like they can. I feel like they can push through against the Bruins. The Islanders versus the Flyers. Okay, I have the Flyers. I know you guys are tired of us talking about hearing us talk about the Flyers. I feel like the Flyers are this official are, is our official team for some weird reason and I don't know why but <laughs> I'm gonna say the Flyers just because I feel like Carter Hart can pull through against what's his name Verlamov <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah honestly I feel like that's going to be a tight series. Honestly, I can't yeah, really predict with that series. I want the Flyers to win, but like Alessia said, I wouldn't be surprised if the Islanders won. The Canucks versus the Knights, I feel like is also another pretty tight series. Honestly, they're both both teams are really good defensively, but I don't know. If we're going to go again with our gut feeling, I'm going to say the Knights, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Canucks won. I feel like these are just kind of unpredictable matchups. This is and treason. That was, that <laughs> hurt me. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, I can't underestimate anybody. All, every time we've <laughs> underestimated someone, we've always been Yeah, exactly. Wrong. That's what we always have to say. Well, you know, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> exactly. if this happened. So we don't look bad in front of our listeners. And so lastly, I'm going to go with the Stars. They've managed to score 10 goals in these past two games, while the Avalanche have only managed to score five. Um, It's just pretty big. I didn't know the Stars could produce so much, but, you know, good for them. I think it's pretty good. And to be able to win both games with the likes of McKinnon, and uh, but sadly the Abs did lose Philip Grubauer, so I feel like that's also one of the main reasons why it's uh, kind of uh, tight or kind of a downhill for them. But I don't know. I feel like the Stars can win just because they're already up 2-0. Once again, you know, if the Avalanche comes back, Disclaimer. <laughs> the other team might win. They might. Nobody knows. They might. You know, it's a 50-50 chance. <laughs> That's too risky for me. High risk, low reward. <laughs> so... Those are our predictions. I'm sure you guys might have similar predictions, if not very different predictions. Like we said, it's a 50-50 chance. You know, you can tweet us if you listen to this. You can tweet (laughs) us and tell us what you think, whether our prediction should just get flushed down a toilet or whether we're right, whether you agree. Let us know. I think we need to redeem ourselves from our past predictions. And yes. by, saying, by saying that the other team might win, I don't think we're getting off to a very good start. <laughs> so please forgive us. We're trying our best. We don't want to look like, I don't know, our predictions. Okay, with these, with these matchups now, who do you think will win the cup? I still have Vegas and Tampa, but Tampa winning the cup. I think, I still think, I still think, yeah, Tampa would win. But 
now I'm, now I'm questioning myself. Now I feel like the stars might make it to the final. Because it's just been, so, I would have never had guessed them to to be so good right yeah, now. Yeah, but like, yeah. you have to be consistent in the playoffs, right? Like, you can't just have one or two good games. So yeah. the stars haven't been able to produce like this all season. And I don't think they're going to be able to keep it up. They might be able to keep it up to get through this series, or they might just scratch through this series um, barely. Who knows? But I don't think they'll be able to keep up this level of point production throughout the rest of the playoffs. Yeah. Me watching Tampa, like, they've, they've been consistent. They've been a really good team. And they were great last year. They were pretty good this year. And they're showing up in the second round as well. And I agree with Marjorie, too. I really like the way the Stars are playing. But like Grace said, you have to be consistent in playoff hockey. And that's just that. So, yeah, I guess I would kind of side with Dallas and Tampa now. Yeah, I mean, I predicted Calgary last week's episode. We all know how that went now. So I kind of have to choose a new Western team. So my Western team now is the Stars. Next week, I mean, in a couple of weeks, if the Stars don't win... I'm changing my team again. I will <laughs> until I get it right. <laughs> you to a Golden Knights fan until I get it right by next Wednesday. So, <laughs> huh? Let's see. I'm very hard to move over. Are you? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. But I don't know. These have been these are really great matchups. It's interesting to see what's going to come out of them. You know. Pretty much every game has been a pretty good back and forth, except for that uh, Avalanche Star series. Yep. So it's a, it's a surprisingly great matchups. I think teams that we never would have thought would have matched up in these playoff series. But I don't know. Let's see what happens. Let's see how our predictions pan out. And let's see if we finally get it right for once. Let's see if the curse is finally lifted. The wraparound jinx. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> hey positive vibes positive vibes manifestation works oh That's god the only way we're gonna get through this <laughs> okay and so since we spoke about the teams that are still in the race for that beautiful stanley cup let's talk about the teams that weren't so lucky and are no longer in that race to get that beautiful shiny cup so let's start off with those western teams we have arizona we have Last year's reigning champions, the St. Louis Blues, we have the Calgary Flames, and the Chicago Blackhawks. So, what do we think these teams need to do in order to secure a playoff spot next season? I don't think the Blues will. Alessia, go ahead, but I'm just going to throw that out there. The Blues aren't going to. Going to what? (laughs) Get a playoff spot next year. But what do these teams need to do in order to secure one? The Blues won't. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Should we start from the top with Arizona? Yeah. Let's do okay. That. So going to put it out there. They probably would not have made it into the playoffs if it wasn't for the NHL's return to play plan. Like a lot of teams, like Montreal wasn't even supposed to be in there. Um, another blow was that they lost their GM right before the playoffs started. So they're going to have to fill that void. Also came in as the underdogs against the Predators and they won. But unfortunately, they lost pretty bad to the Avalanche, who beat them 7-1 both games, the last two games of the series. So if I'm thinking about what they have to do to make it in next year, they're a young team. They shouldn't be too worried. Um, they shouldn't be making huge, like, huge moves this year. They have a young core. 
um, which now they have experience from this, uh, this year's playoffs. Um, and one player in particular is Clayton Keller. Now here is where it gets tricky. So I don't know if you guys saw the news today, right as we were about to start things off today with our podcast, the Arizona Coyotes violated the NHL's combine testing policy during the 2019 20 and 2020 season. So now they have forfeited their second round pick in this year's draft and their first round pick in next year's draft. And while we talk about Taylor Hall um, later on in the episode, I'll get more into the details, but it's a huge blow for them, which could push them potentially to trade Taylor Hall in order to get assets and picks to grow their team because they're kind of more on the younger side of things like we said earlier it's been a drama filled week hockey just needed a little more a little more spice in its life yeah that was uh kind of a big no-no from the arizona coyotes i honestly don't know what they were thinking there why they decided to do that i maybe they think that they weren't going to get such a big heavy um fine because i remember reading that I think the max, or you can't get a minimum fine of, I think, anything less than $25,000 or something like that. And so maybe they were just expecting to get that huge fine. But I'm happy that the NHL actually took away those picks because that's that's too much tampering. That's something that you shouldn't ever do. So yeah. it, sucks. it sucks for Arizona that they got those uh, picks taken away, but they honestly deserve it. And uh, like we said, we're going to talk about Taylor Hall a little bit later, but that is a big part of this, uh, of the situation. Yeah. Like, like I said, they have a young core and most of them are under contract. They have playoff experience now, but this is a team that is trying to grow and to improve their team through the draft and through acquiring prospects and other picks in the draft as well. So for this to happen is, is a blow to them. And so... Grace, oh, yes. Please enlighten us with why you think the Blues will not be making the playoffs next year. I feel like I'm very put on the spot here. Is it that gut feeling again? But no, it's not my gut. It's really not my gut this time, a little bit. Um, They're the defending Stanley Cup champion, and they got wrecked in the first round of the playoffs. And it's not even that it's a weird year and that it was a play-in series, a qualifying round, whatever. It's just that they got wrecked. And it was kind of sad to see because they still have the same talent from last year. Mm -hmm. Um, And they didn't have any injuries. Except for Tarasenko. But even still, Tarasenko, yeah, he's great. But, like, that's one guy on a Stanley Cup defending team. Yeah. And the fact that their goaltending, Jordan Bennington, couldn't pull through for them when they really needed him to yeah. just shows how far apart that whole team is. I just, I don't think that they'll be able to pull it together in time for next year if they couldn't for this year. Yeah, I think in terms of this Blues team, they have a lot of decisions to make. So like you were saying about Bennington and how he just couldn't pull it together. So now... They have to basically choose either Jake Allen or Jordan Bennington. Like, they need to make changes to the team. And both of these guys, I'm pretty sure their contracts are just over $4 million. So this team either has to choose Allen or Bennington. And I don't see them letting go of Bennington because, oh, he won them a Stanley Cup. Um, a lot of people are expecting him to make, you know, to bounce back next season. 
but still there has to be a decision to be made and also they need to make a decision or at least doug armstrong the gm of the blues needs to make a decision on if they're going to keep alex petrangelo because yes. if he if he does decide to keep him we may see moves being made by the blues in order to clear their cap space to just to you know make room for him if he doesn't want to keep him then he's going to have to evaluate how he wants this team to compete next year because that's going to be a huge loss for them i just think like Pittsburgh could do it. They were a dynasty and they kept the same team for a couple years. They were able to win back-to-back cups. They did it. That is such a rare occasion that a team is that well put together and works so well together for so long because you, you can't get that on any other hockey team. Like we haven't seen it since. So I just, I think it'll be surprising if they make it to the playoffs next year. And if they do, I don't see them getting past the first round again. Um, of course, who knows what's going to happen, trade deadlines, whatever. Um, maybe they'll surprise me and come out with some giant monster team that's like, we're ready and we're back. But I, I don't see it happening. Yeah, we mentioned Tarasenko as well. And just to add to the fuel and the drama, um, Doug Armstrong announced today that Tarasenko will have shoulder injury next week and won't be reevaluated again for five months. So now the Blues have to look within their organization because I doubt they have a cap space to sign another guy like Tarasenko to fill his spot. So they have to look for players who are young and already within the organization. And one guy I'm kind of looking at is Jordan Kiru, maybe given a Mm. bigger role on that team. That's the problem though with teams now though, is that they play so much into that franchise player, um, culture and mindset that once you lose a star player you lose the team that you built around him like so I'm not saying don't have franchise players because of course you need those marketing mahaha um but yeah like you have to have a well-rounded team and I think that's what so many teams are struggling with right right now and why we see surprising upsets in the playoffs because these teams that have really well-rounded teams are able to pull themselves together and get through these playoffs whereas the teams that lose their star players can't do it yeah that's really true I mean there's a lot of teams where you can say they have like a huge like a star like power forward line so like you can even talk about the Leafs their first line and then the rest of the lines just lack talent so once you lose one guy it's like what do you really have left and it's true a lot of teams base their teams and they build their teams around one star player and then once that guy is gone what do they have left to work with you just had to hit us in the head with that leaf shovel there didn't you I am very sorry yeah, you guys can't see me, but I literally rolled my eyes and like I was like, yeah, I'm I over saw it. that. I'm like, I'm over it. Okay. I was trying to find an example, and I'm like, okay, I mean, that's the only thing that comes to mind. But Very I don't sorry. disagree. I don't disagree. Okay, I have to move on because I can ask Alessia and Grace the question, and they'll go on for days. So <laughs> we have like five other teams to get through, guys. So let's go to the Calgary Flames. They're out. What do we think they need to do? <laughs> I was surprised they did not make it past the first round. Me too. That was, was a surprise. Of, yeah, it was kind of upsetting. I honestly thought that they had the um, the power to kind of push through. I thought they had the offense to to get through that first round. They were playing really, really well. I was really surprised that they couldn't uh, get past the Dallas Stars. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I'm like just making sure. <laughs> I have awful memory if you guys don't know this. Um, and so I was surprised that they couldn't get past the stars. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what they need to do because I thought that they had a pretty solid team. Um, I, maybe they just need to regroup. And I think they kind of have to nitpick what went wrong during that series. And, um, but honestly, I don't think that there's much that needs to be done with that team. Well, I think that that whole Matthew Kachuk situation um, was a bigger issue inside the team than anybody thought it was. Like, I think it was enough of a um, distraction during the playoffs where they were just like, they had to all of a sudden focus on this one player who was getting scrutinized in the media so bad. And they really did have to regroup after that. And I don't think they managed to do that successfully. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I think I said it in another episode as well. I said Matthew Kachuk is the type of player that could carry this team through a series. And if he's not on his game or if something were to happen, that's a huge loss for the Flames. And that's exactly what happened. For me, when I'm looking at the Flames, you obviously think of Johnny Goudreau. He did not do that great. There was nothing about him. Like for such a hyped up player... I didn't see any feature. I didn't see any highlight real no. goals. There was there was nothing. No, the, the the player that was on the spot was Dylan Dubé, who was actually playing like pretty good games and was actually more than Johnny Goudreau, who's always talked about. He's Look, like he's always spoken about whenever there's uh, whenever we're talking whenever anybody's talking about the Flames. Yeah, he's a great player. In the regular season, when it comes to the playoffs, he just, I don't know, he just doesn't produce. In Calgary, like, they desperately need guys to produce in the playoffs or else they're not going anywhere. So I think the Flames need to make a decision on Johnny Goudreau. He's 27 years old. He has a cap hit of $6.75 million, two years left on his contract. So do they trade him to acquire somebody else who can produce in the playoffs? I don't know. Do they trade him for picks and prospects to start building their future? That's another possibility, but it's going to be hard trading him because the Calgary Flames are going to ask for a lot, and I don't know if teams are going to be willing to give up that much. I can't think of one team in the league who's in a great cap position right now and would be able to take on a contract for a player that can't produce in the playoffs. It's also it'll also be hard because Johnny Goudreau has also expressed that he wants to stay with the Flames. So when you express to the media and to the public that you would like to stay with the team that you're current currently playing with, that puts your team in a very hard position because then if they move you, everybody will be upset, especially the player that you are moving. And so I think that's another difficult position for the Flames on what they want to do. Um, like we keep on saying um, Johnny Goudreau's again, one of those players that is um, on the list of UFAs that is going to gonna see what's going to happen with him. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show, but who knows? Uh, I don't know. It's hard to predict what they're going to do. They have the players, but it's like the players later kind of just – don't know what to do with themselves in the playoffs it's it's a funny situation to be in as a team and then lastly in the western uh conference we have the chicago blackhawks i don't know we had faith in them because you know jonathan taves was producing patrick kane was being patrick kane playing great games 
uh, Corey Crawford. I've always loved Corey Crawford. He's a great goalie, and I think he was pretty solid for the Chicago Blackhawks, like doing what he needed to do to, in order to get the job done. But I feel like there is a lot of growing that needs to be done within that team. Um, I feel like they have to add maybe a couple more pieces. They have younger guys like like Strom, like Debrinkat that um, have to grow within the organization. And I feel like they have to just go off of that. I was going to say, I mean, yeah, we like, we like the Blackhawks because of Taze and Kane. There's no doubting that they have a solid offense. Their defense is good. Um, if I'm the Hawks, I'm looking to acquire a goalie and potentially another forward to add grit. The Hawks currently have Malcolm Subban as their backup goalie, and then they have Corey Crawford. So when I'm thinking about that, Crawford is getting up there in age, yeah. and he's been showing it through the way he's been playing. And the Hawks may trade Subban and acquire either a reliable backup goaltender or potentially move Crawford, move maybe Malcolm Subban and acquire an elite starting goaltender. So some of the goaltenders they may see to acquire, they might want to acquire is Holtby, Leonard, Kodobin, but they're in another cap space situation. So I don't think Holtby would be on their list, potentially Kodobin. They could even, I don't know. I mean, the Pens did say that they're also putting up Murray and Yari, which is yeah, strange that they're putting both both goaltenders up for grabs. So the Chicago, the Chicago Blackhawks might want to look at that. But I do agree with you. Um, as much as Corey Crawford has been a great goaltender, he is obviously getting older. And um, if, like I said, if they want to go stick with that younger uh, younger team, then yeah, they definitely need to move him. Sadly, but I think he's done his duty with the team. And I think he's gotten the job done when he has to. Since we finally got through the Western teams, it took a very <laughs> long time because we stalled lots of times on the St. Louis Blues for, I guess we were upset Grace for whatever reason. <laughs> at the yeah, Blues. I don't really know where that came from. It, you mentioned the team and I just, it, it just, it, it rose yeah, up inside it, of me. And it's it so strange, <laughs> but either way, Let's move on to the Eastern teams. Now, I'm going to start with the Canadians so we can start off <laughs> team with Alessia so she can let it all out. That way, it doesn't go on for lots of times because, like I always yeah. say, Alessia can speak about this team for years, and I love hearing her talk about it. But, like I said, we have three other teams to get through. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you guys you guys say it all the time that I'm so <laughs> critical of this team. And, I mean, I don't have too much bad to say about the team despite losing to the flyers i think they had a Whoa. great we have a new great... apocalypse <laughs> alternate, think... alternate universe <laughs> alternate universe they okay i have some things to say but despite ah, the... there it is there it is it's coming it it's 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 yeah. despite losing to the flyers i thought they had a pretty good postseason i wasn't expecting them to beat the penguins and i wasn't expecting them to compete against the flyers like they did um, the thing that I loved the most is that the younger guys, specifically Jesperi Kotkaniemi and rookie Nick Suzuki, have, they've grown as players and they've shown um, their potential to be the number one, number two centers on the team. And now the team is starting to see they have their number one center. They have their number two. They have Phil Deneau. And during the playoffs, they had Jake Evans. So now they're for the first time in what feels like forever, they're struggling to see who they'll keep at center and who they'll have to let go. 
which is crazy. And I said this before in another episode that I really wanted the Habs to pick high. But to be honest, the experience that those two young players, Kaokaniyami and Suzuki, have gained in this playoffs, I think is far more valuable than picking ninth instead of picking 16th. Well, now the Canadians are picking 16th. I enjoyed watching Brett Kulak play on defense. Not only was he good in his own end, but he helped the Habs create offensive chances when some of those players that I said needed to step up did not step up. Two players that I'm talking about are Max Domi, Thomas Tatar. So my excuse for Max not showing up was because he was on the fourth line, but Claude Julien and Kirk Muller did shake things up. And in 10 games played, he only had three assists. She's getting more and more heated. Yeah. You can see her, but her body language, she's just getting more and more upset. Like Max Domi, she gave you a break this time. So, (laughs) you know, good for you, buddy. This is what I like about Alessia, okay? I didn't have to watch a single Habs game and it would have been fine. Like, had I not watched a single Habs game, it'd be great. I wouldn't have to say a thing. Alessia's got us covered. She's so detailed in the way she speaks. Like, I can just imagine the players playing. Like, it's the funniest thing. But Alessia, finish your point. Anyways, so he only had three assists. In the entire playoffs, so 10 games played, he had three assists. For me, that's not good enough. No bueno again. Like I said before, my excuse was because a lot of people are like, yeah, Max Domi isn't playing well. I'm like, well, he's on the fourth line with basic AHL players to his side. So... (laughs) What do you want him to do? But he was moved along in those lines. He did see, like, ice time more than what a fourth line would get, and he still didn't produce. And I don't know what happened with that team, but last year he would take a lot of penalties, and since then he's toned it down and he just hasn't been the same. I almost feel like I have to stick up for the Montreal Canadiens. (laughs) I, I just said they did like, real good. I just, she says she says they did well, and then she's like, well, here's everything they did wrong. She just rips on them okay. for five minutes. This segment was to say, what do they need to improve on? <laughs> These two players need to improve next year if they're not traded. Oh, we love you, Alessia. Just like how you said, surrounded by AHL players. Basic, basic, well, basic, basic AHL players. players. Well, on the fourth line, you had, he was playing with Dale Weiss and Jordan Wheel. <laughs> what do you want okay, me to we're not gonna, Okay, we're not going to fight you on this, Alessia. <laughs> I don't watch okay. the Habs enough to fight you on Basic, this. okay, to put it in the simplest form, at the start of this playoffs, he was not playing with top six players, and that's it. We're going to end it there. Period. Okay. Okay, okay the Washington on. Capitals. <laughs> yeah, let's move on before Alessia starts screaming at us. Okay. Oh, so they the also Washington- need a backup goalie. I'm done now. So the Washington Capitals, I think that's probably one of the biggest disappointments just because they're usually a pretty good team and they were definitely not that whatsoever. They were not performing well. They did not give anything interesting. They, it was like a completely different team compared to what they usually are. And so with them, like we said before, Braden Holtby is going to be up for grabs. It's going to be it's going to it's going to be a big decision for them to whether or not they're going to resign him and whether or not they're going to keep him. Um, 
I, I don't know what else they can do, honestly. I, they have great players. It's surprising that they couldn't be what they usually are. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Here's the thing for me. This whole year uh, with every team, I'm taking it all with a grain of salt. Because, like, everything that's going on in the world um, can take a toll. And the, the return-to-play format is just so odd and so not normal um, that – like, this isn't really a great time to put all of these judgments. I guess, yeah. Like you said, it's hard to see what a team is really made out of when they've only pay- played, what, a total of, like, four or five, six games overall, and then you, we have to base that off. And then you're judging players b- based off those very small performances, and then it's make it or break it. You're either with the team or we let you go, all because of those uh, performances, which is kind of insane. And, like, after a rest period that was longer than the usual offseason. Yeah. So, yeah. essentially, if you look at it, it like, calendar-wise, these players started a whole new season, but their whole new season was started right in the middle of the playoffs. It's still disappointing to see that the Capitals couldn't be what they usually are. Like, I guess we can kind of give – all the teams a pass because it's like Grace said it's difficult situations but you can always say that excuse but then there's other teams that are actually producing and they're living up to their expectations and they're playing well and they're playing like they played just a couple months ago not even like what four or five months ago so I don't know it's it's hard to kind of evaluate but I don't know that's me just stirring the pot a little with Grace because I love to do that but I don't know. I think that's just something quick. The Capitals, I guess, just have to just see what went wrong and see what they what they have to do with surrounding Hopi. So next is the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm not gonna say anything. Take it away. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know what to say with this team. I mean, they I have either. they have good goaltending. We realized that because we spoke about Corpusella like 10 times every show for the past like (laughs) three shows they have really good defense and we saw that with Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski they have forwards that produce I just don't know why this team I think it was a matter of of toughness um so like with the Leafs they didn't have a really big physical matchup so all of their little skills could really shine um with tampa though they had more of a physical matchup so the skills kind of take a back seat in a a series like that where you all of a sudden you have to be physical and you have to play um a more like a tougher game so i think they just they couldn't get that element of their game together fast enough but it's funny though because they swept the lightning last year right i'm pretty sure they did and yeah. so to see that they couldn't do that. I feel like it's also kind of a mental game that they, mm-hmm. I feel like they, in their head, they're like, you know, we beat this team last year. We swept them. Like, pff, it's kind of going to be like an easy going. I feel like that's another issue with the team. And um, it's always hard when you have a coach that's constantly yelling and screaming at you. <laughs> and I know, I know that the tough love works with Tortorella, but over time, I feel like that also kind of takes a toll. This guy also just got fined, got fined. an incredible <laughs> yeah. amount of money for his um, position with the media. So but You know what was really funny is that that press conference, he basically said two words and he left. So instead of yelling, 
and I just, we got fined. This is my we basically thing. said nothing. <laughs> yeah. Is, who cares what they say and what they don't say? You get the same comments anytime. Had he said something, it probably would have been like, oh, we got to get pucks in deep. And like, yeah, it would have been a bunch of cliches that we hear every single press <laughs> conference. So, I'm what's, like, so what? He left. Let him leave. So, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I don't judge his coaching style, but at the same time, I can see why it would be mentally tough for the players to constantly hear someone yell at you. And I know that that's what coaching is all about. And like, that's how hockey players get the job done. But I don't know. In my mind, I feel like that would take a toll on me. And I'm a pretty sensitive person, but (laughs) I still think that would take a toll on anybody. I think it's all about mental toughness, even for the players. Like, even with me playing sports, I mean, yeah, there's been coaches that have been, like, nice, like, really nice. And then there's other other coaches that just, like, you know, hammer into you, right? So it it depends how much you can take. And a lot of these coaches, so what I'm seeing for Tortorella, and this is just, like, with experience with me in sports and watching hockey, yeah, he's yelling at you, but he's trying to get the best out of you. So I'm pretty sure after that game that Tortorella ripped into Pierre-Luc Dubois, he had an insane game the next game. So I think it's all about having mental toughness with these players. Well, and I think it's like, I have experience with that. I used to be a competitive dancer and I had a a dance teacher who was incredibly tough on us. And, um, it, it worked like for competitions, we were, we were on it because we knew if we weren't, then we were going to get it ripped on after (laughs) our performance. And that's, it's just how it works. Like for some people that works really well for others, it doesn't work so well. And I think that for the players who are playing under Tortorella, they kind of know what they're, they're in for. So they've had time to prepare. I don't know how much you can prepare for a a, a middle-aged man screaming at you every night. Um, But, you know, I think his coaching style works and it, it always has. I think, yeah, he's not a 24 time Stanley Cup champion or anything like that. Um, But his teams do well. Yeah, I think, I think at the end of the day, like you guys were saying, it's basically up to the player to see whether or not they can handle that. And um, if they like I said, it, if it does, I'm sure it does get to them. And I'm sure they, it, they don't show it because um, it works more than it doesn't. But for those players where it hurts more than it works, then that's where maybe there's a little holes in the team. And that's why they can't maybe get a cohesive um, team working. So besides that, I don't know. The team is pretty solid. It's kind of weird to see the situations that they're put in. But um, I don't know. Let's see what happens in this uh, offseason for them. And let's see what they can pull up next year. (laughs) And then lastly, we have the Carolina Hurricanes. This was just disappointing. I was sad. I was. I really like the Hurricanes. I've always liked the Hurricanes. I'm always rooting for the Hurricanes. I don't know why. I really like that team just because – I don't know. I feel like they're a fun team. I think they really get along with one another and it's nice to see them play. Um, well, they're, they're one of those hockey teams that kind of like defy the hockey culture where yeah. it's all serious um, all the time. No fun in games. They, they do things like go bowling yeah. with each <laughs> other's teammates. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see a team like that in the league nowadays. Um, and it was just, it was sad to see them not go any further than they did. 
Yeah, I think I think one of the main things that team has to do, I think, is just is just get a little stronger. They have a they have pretty good players on the team. I can't see why they wouldn't be able to go into the playoffs again next year. I think it's just all about uh, getting a little bit tougher, gaining a little bit more experience um, in these hard situations, and just growing as a team. I don't feel like there's a lot that they need to add or take away. Because um, we've seen that they they can play well and they can produce and they can defend. So ultimately, it's up to the team to, I guess, kind of boost each other up and kind of, um, like I said with Columbus, have that cohesiveness in order to get through other rounds. Yeah, I would say they, ha- they have really talented players, you know, Svechnikov, Sebastian Ajo. Um, I would just say in the series against the Bruins, Charlie McAvoy hit Jordan Stahl and Hurricanes just didn't respond. And I know they have Jordan Martinuk, but is that enough in terms of physicality? I don't think so. So they'd probably be looking this offseason for somebody who can bring in that physical type of play to their team. Okay. Wow. We got through that. That was a lot. (laughs) That's a lot of teams to (laughs) get ready to rant, girls, because you know what the next segment is. Yes. So. I have to bring this up because the girls made fun of me for what I named this segment. (laughs) I, if you guys don't know, I named this segment because I also don't even know where it came from because I write also the other segments. So just randomly one week, she was just like, here it is. (laughs) And so I named it the weekly audience engagement. And so if you don't know this about me, but I have an awful time coming up with names or naming things. I literally have to ask someone about 10 times whether or not it sounds correct. Because if you guys don't already know by the previous episodes, but I'm not really good with my words. (laughs) It takes me a while to get my point across. So when I was coming up with this name, I was like, what makes the most sense? And what's going to like give away the most information in most like little words, I guess. And so I came up with the weekly audience engagement. I think it's a pretty fantastic name if you're asking me, but the girls just love to make fun of me because they, and they can't come up with anything better. They say question of the day or question of the week. Like I haven't come up with a name yet, so you can't judge me at all. That's my little rant because they made fun of me. And I spend probably 30 minutes coming up with the names of these segments because I am awful <laughs> with naming things. All right, then here's my formal apology to Marjorie Jarmillo <laughs> for a we are that was sent out the other day. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Either way, let's move past this. I forgive you guys. I will try to come up with better names and study the dictionary for synonyms and antonyms. <laughs> the question of the week is, which team won the Casper Kapanen trade? We're very divided here. We're going to get v- into it very soon. But first, Alessia, let's reveal those amazing results. So for the first time, and I think probably this entire show that we do, the results were the exact same on Twitter and on Instagram. Whoa, really? Yeah. I'm impressed. That's insane. I'm happy. So I went to go look and I was like, what? Anyways, on Instagram... And on Twitter, 69% of our voters said that the Leafs won the trade. 31% said the Penguins won the trade. No, I can't. I can't even hide this. Okay, I have to get right into it. Like, so I'll let you two rant and then I'll come in. 
Casberry Kapanen needed to leave. Okay, but tell me why they won this trade. Just because Casberry Kapanen left, is that why you're saying they won this trade? No, they won this trade because they freed up a bunch of cap space. Not a bunch, but enough. Um, they got some assets. They got picks. They got prospects. They got a D prospect that they could potentially throw on the fourth line of this team, like, next year. Well, have getting... been playing in the AHL for, like, majority of their career. Yeah, but they, they're NHL level. They can do it. But there's nothing for me to see that's statistical. That's me. That will tell me that you're guaranteed okay. to have a good player, especially for a player like Casper Cap. Nothing about the Leafs is guaranteed. I think we know this. Marjorie, like tell me the most <gasps> impressive aspect of Casperi Kapanen's play. Okay, this is all I'm going to say. So I'm okay with them giving, getting Evan Rodriguez for Casperi Kapanen. I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with is that they let go of Casperi Kapanen when, okay, he's, doesn't, he's not the most amazing player and he's not the most fantastical in goals and assists and whatever. But he does have a side to him where he can bring some grit to the team and he can elevate the team. Yeah, but also... And he's a player that could have grown within the organization. No, with no. William Nylander, no. why, why won't they get no. rid okay. of William no, Nylander? No, 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 okay. Because William Nylander is consistent and he's also not a media shambles. He was, a, he was consistent in. in this playoffs. Casperi Kapanen. <laughs> see? You see? Look. No. Let me get my point across. Casperi Kapanen has been an absolute disaster for this team off the ice. Not to mention on the ice. He is not very good. Okay. Casperi Kapanen. Okay. He can't control his social media life to reflect well on the team. Okay. So well, that would have sure. that would have been yeah. one reason and a good enough reason to just offload him. And they didn't even have to get a good deal for him. They could have just gotten rid of him. And then Casperi Kapanen is a terrible Toronto Maple Leaf. <sighs> okay. I will agree with you that he's awful for like PR and like he's awful in like that aspect. I completely agree because he does not know how to control himself in the public. I think he sees him more. I think he sees himself more as, as a personality than an athlete, which of course is going to derail any team that wants to win the cup. I personally think he was a good player because he could produce in the fourth line, and he could at least that was a reliable fourth line that they had. But I'm upset. <laughs> that they got these two players, which are Philip Hollander and David Warsof- Warsof- Warsofsky? Warsofsky? Warsofsky. Warsofsky. Whatever. I can't say names. Either way, these are two AHL level players. And I don't know how likely is it that they're going to be playing for the Leafs right away. I feel like the Leafs have to see return, like returns no. right at the moment. This that's is what, what they need. No, that's not what the Leafs need. Yes, they do. No, they because they have their star players locked in for a hot minute. Okay. Yeah, but they can't do anything. And we saw that this right now. I know. They haven't been able to do anything since what? 2004? Oh, since Lord, forever. He went there. So 
any way, Casperi Kapanen needed to go. That worked for me. That was fine. The return they got, fantastic. That was a solid deal on Kyle Dubas's part. Because they get prospects, which they can then use as assets to trade away. They got yes. picks, which they can use in this year's draft to get players that they can develop and build this team to what they want to be. And they offloaded that cap space. The only issue I have with this trade, I will say I have one, is that now that they've gotten rid of Kapanen, I don't see them getting rid of Janssen because they need that depth in their forward lines. Okay. So I guess for... Okay, Marjorie, do you want to go? Yeah, I just wanted to say something else. Like, okay, I can agree with Grace there that, like, it's good to have those assets to, yes, eventually trade them for something better. But they're not going to get something better for these assets if they don't produce and if they don't prove themselves. So until these players prove themselves and show that they can actually do something for the Leafs, I'm not going to say that they're going to be good assets to have to trade like over time. But like, it, does, it doesn't even have to be over time. It could be this summer. Yeah. Okay. If like they it do could it be right summer, now. Yeah. If they do it right now. Okay. That's fine. Like, cool. But if they're going to keep them in order to like, I don't know, move things again next summer, then that's where it gets difficult for me. But I don't know. It's, it's good because the Leafs are finally getting rid of a forward, but I really want them to get an elite level defenseman, which is something they still haven't gotten. And now they're speaking about getting, now they're talking about trading Anderson. Okay. But Okay. Off the rails. Here's the thing. Give me an example of an elite defenseman who is up for trade that the Leafs could acquire and sign under the cap. If they get rid of another forward like William Nylander, they can like get... Like Mitch Marner. Okay, whatever. Like, whatever. I honestly, at this point, get rid of one of those forwards and let's get someone like Petrangelo. We're not getting Petrangelo. I can tell you that right now. But if they have the cap and they have the space... They aren't going to have the cap or the space. They're in such contract disaster. Well, whose fault Lou, is that? That's Lou Dupas. Lamorello. No, Lou Lamorello screwed this team so no, bad. But Dupas contracts. also screwed the team by giving Mitch Marner such a large contract. But Mitch Marner arguably is worth that contract. Sure, whatever. I think we debated this Mitch, last year. I <laughs> think Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews were worth that amount of money because they were on the Leafs. If they would go to another team and compete with some guy like Nathan McKinnon, I don't think the GM of the Avalanche are going, oh, by the way, you're not getting more than Nathan McKinnon. That's not possible. So you know what? The players took advantage. We're on the Leafs. Austin Matthew got his his contract. Mitch Marner's, hey, I deserve that much. He got it. And that was it. That's what happened. But let's just remember that the Leafs are still retaining 50% of Phil Kessel's contract. I forgot about that. So when I say that Lou Lamorello screwed this team, I mean he absolutely screwed this team into the ground. Okay. I'm going to say my piece on this trade. <laughs> Because or else I'm never going to get to do it. <laughs> so, to start off, to actually get a first-round pick for Kapanen, who's, third, who's on the third line, I guess, I don't know if you guys, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but he's usually playing on the third line, right? To get a guy that plays on the third line, to trade him and even get a first-round pick is amazing on Dubis's part. 
And I know he was packaged with other players, but that's already amazing. And in my eyes, the Leafs, the way, or the way Kyle Dubas went about this trade was one, to get more cap space to potentially sign somebody else. And two, to get their first round pick that they lost after they traded or they did the Marlowe trade. And because the Leafs are in a win-now situation, and I'm pretty sure Dubas uh, mentioned that this week, they're just as open to keeping that pick as they're open to trading it away if they have the opportunity to grab another guy such as a top defenseman. Because we all know they're in a win-now situation. And a lot of people are looking at this trade and they're only looking at the first round pick. But if you think about it, I did, did the math, Rodriguez is an RFA. Hollander is on his rookie deal through 2022. And Warsawski is on his rookie deal until 2021. So they don't have to worry about contracts or cap space for a really long time. And you're also getting Philip Hollander. He's played the majority of his career in Sweden. Once he transferred over to the Swedish Hockey League, I'm pretty sure the SHL, I'm pretty sure that's what it stands for. He finished the season with 21 points in 45 games. So you're getting for Kapanen, and Jesper Lindgren and Pontus Aberg, you're getting a first-round pick in a talented draft class this year. It's insane. And you're getting two other prospects. So I think Dubas did an amazing job, but also think Pittsburgh overpaid, which is good for the Leafs. <laughs> I got a text yesterday from somebody that said people are saying that Rutherford thought he was getting Lilgren instead of Lindgren, and that's why uh, he paid the Leafs so much. died. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. I don't know. It's my stance is that it's going to be hard to see what these two AHL players are going to bring to the Leafs. I'm like, I am totally, I'm in total agreement with you guys about the first rounder, and I'm okay with Evan Rodriguez. It's just hard. To, and I know trades are about, you know, like assets acquiring whatever you can for that player getting rid of cap space and you know freeing up that space but I don't know I just thought that they could have gotten rid rid of a bigger contract well, and, and I think that's I the- think there's still room for Dubas to do that yeah this probably won't be the only trade that they make yeah but I just season. I was expecting the the first trade to be like that big one but like now with yeah. Casperi gone like Grace said they need to keep a forward that's going to offset that loss. Look, I, I think a lot of people are divided about this trade is because Toronto is in the win now situation. So a lot of the players they got back in this trade, including the draft pick, are probably players that are going to be in their prime and not right now in a couple exactly. of years, right? But at the same time, who knows if Dubis is going to switch things up, trade off this pick or these players for somebody who's a top, and defensemen to a team who needs to build a younger core. So we don't know what's going to happen, honestly. Yeah. Frederick Anderson for Mark Andre Fleury, one for one. Yeah, and now that now they're now that they're saying that they might trade Anderson, like I'm, I can't even speak any, I can't talk about this team anymore, or else I'm literally going to scream. But that's the thing. Anderson's been a part of this team for a hot second, and he just like, he's great, but he hasn't won them a cup. I know, but the thing is, is that let's say they trade him or whatever, but we don't have a good, they don't have a good backup goaltender. I feel like 
it'd be better if they if they kept Anderson since he's such a good goaltender and acquire a good backup goaltender so they can offset the load off of Anderson so he doesn't play as much games during the regular season and then they can have him fresher for the playoffs. See, that's the, that, that's the same. I kind of agree with that because that's the same situation that Montreal is in because Carey Price gets out, like he plays like 95% of the games every yeah. season. When it comes time to playoffs, I'm actually, I mean, we had the rest this season, but if it was another season, I don't think he would be amazing in the playoffs if he's playing 95% of the game. So that Montreal needs to find a backup goal. And I think it's the same thing for the Leafs. If they want to keep Frederick Anderson, they need to get him a good backup goaltender and Anderson needs to step up his game as well. But this is the thing right now in the league, goalies, like good goalies are few and far between. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's going to be a tough thing to do. And that's why I think if they have to trade Anderson, free up that cap space, keep their backup, get another backup, and just leave at those at like ELCs, whatever they have to do to free up that cap space and get good defensemen. Because you can win the playoffs with a terrible goalie and a fantastic team in front. And I think that that's, that might be one thing that they're looking to do because they have that offensive power. They're just lacking in the defense and in the goalie area because really Anderson can't carry that team. No. And that's, and that's what upsets me of them potentially trading him because he has done his part for the team and he's had good games and he's made good saves in order to keep them um, to keep their like playoff chances alive and to keep their playoff hopes alive it's the team in front of him that can't do their part and help him out and take a load off of him and that's why it puts him in a difficult position and it puts the team in a difficult position in trading him because because you can't just rely on your goaltender you can't that's it's completely impossible and it's a completely awful thing to do because you're basically saying to your players that you can play like crap, but your goaltender will be there. And, you know, sometimes it, it happens, but you you can't do that. You need to score goals. If you don't score goals, then you're not going to win a game. And so, Yeah, go ahead, Marjorie, go ahead. No, so I was just going to say, if they're going to trade Anderson, fine, but they first have to focus on – the forwards and the defensemen well, in order but that would be to the protect issue, their, their leads. They can't focus on that until they get rid of some cap space. And they aren't – you can't get rid of your top three forwards. They're not going to get rid of Tavares, Marner, Matthews. I highly doubt they'll even get rid of Nylander. Those four probably aren't going to go. So who has the next biggest contract? Well, one of them is Anderson. They're going to have to offload one of those so that they can actually build that better defensive core. I don't know. It's just, I see why they wouldn't trade those four guys, but when you're thinking about, you have so much of offensive talent and you know, you're lacking in the goaltending and defensive areas. So I'm saying what makes more sense to me is to get rid of one of those four. And we talked about what hundred percent. Would be what last episode we said probably Grace, you said Marner, right? And then Marjorie said Nylander. I think mm-hmm. I said Nylander as well. Yeah. It's it's the same with every fan base. They want these fr- they want to keep these franchise players, but they're expecting God knows what from their GMs to go pick up guys like, I don't know, Taylor Hall. 
and other players of that caliber. Well, you need to give up somebody big to get somebody big back. Exactly. And I think I think the the Leafs, as much as they want to move away, like they could potentially move one of those top four players. That's a big part of their team. That's like their that group that they're growing. Do they want to get rid of them? I don't know. But if they want to if they want to do something on defense, they have to. And the one of the main reasons why I say Nylander is because when Nylander was gone for that, like for those good, good chunk of time at the beginning of, what was it? Not last season, but the season before when he was still negotiating his contract, the Leafs were still playing pretty well. They were doing what they usually do. And to, for them to do that without Nylander, without one of their top players, then clearly they can do it without him. But you could argue that they could do it without Marner. They could do it without either one, to be honest with you. Honestly, at this point, I feel like nobody cares whether if they move Marner or Nylander, as long as they move one of them to kind of just get what they need in order for this team to actually survive and actually get through. I want to see Kyle Dubas just absolutely murder the fan base by trading one of them. I want to see what it looks like. Honestly, like, like I, I would I'll see it and I'll be like, all right, whatever, who cares? Yay yeah. for us, cap space. Um, mm-hmm. but the rest of the world might actually implode. Yeah, like I honestly could not care less if they did it. I'd be like, good for you, Dubas, that you finally, you know, became strong enough to actually move one of your top players. So until he does that, I will justify this Kasperi captain in trade, and I'm gonna leave it at that, or else this show is gonna be two hours long. So it's pretty close already. <laughs> so since we already spoke about that, we're just gonna quickly brush through who we think is gonna be traded next, and uh, do we think these players are gonna be traded, or do we think they're gonna be resigned? So we have Taylor Hall, Alex Petrangelo, and Braden Holtby. So with Taylor Hall, we were speaking about him. I don't know. I feel like he might be traded at this point. Uh, yeah. Um, th- I think for him, he's trying to find a team that is like in a winning environment. Yeah. You know, a team that he can fit in and just sit there because he's been traded. I don't know how many times now. It's crazy. Yeah. He can't he did- just find it. He can't find his team. Yeah. He did. He did good in the playoff games that he played with the Coyotes, two goals, four assists. And then in the regular season, he had 16 goals and 36 assists in 65 games. Um, so, you know, he's, he's a good player. We obviously know that. Now, in the Coyotes situation, so we mentioned it at the start of the show, I'm going to get into how badly this situation with this violating this policy has put them. So with this penalty, they don't have a pick, a first, second, or third round pick in this year's draft. They also don't have a first or third round pick in 2021. Then I'm pretty sure there was, there was a clause. I don't know if it was on his contract or something happened with that trade or however Hall made it to the Coyotes. Um, to make it even worse, if the Coyotes do decide they want to sign Hall, they won't have a first and a second round pick in 2021. So I think that because they, they have nothing going into these drafts now, that's going to push them to get rid of him because the team is so young and you want to yeah. build through the draft, but this is what happened. You have no, really no other option. Yeah. I, I, honestly, there's no, at this point, 
since today's news, there's probably no other option for the Coyotes. Um, honestly, but either way, I don't think I don't think I ever saw them resigning him. That's no. I feel like they're kind of in rebuild mode. And why would you want Taylor Hall, who's how old in like his like mid to late twenties? And yeah. um, as much as you want a guy with experience, I don't think he would be the right one to have on that team. So I feel like he's going to be gone because of uh, what the Coyotes did. (laughs) And um, we'll just have to see where he'll land. Yeah. Like you said, I saw him going somewhere else after the season, but I think what happened now is just pushed it. All things are pointing towards he's being, he's going to be traded. Exactly. So now we have Mr. Alex Petrangelo, who's a great, great defenseman. Um, I don't know. Um, I feel like it's it's probably likely that he might uh, resign, that he probably will resign with St. Louis. But I don't know. At the same time, they could move him if they want to free up that cap space and move some things around for that team in order to get them to where they were last year. Yeah, I mean, both GM and player have expressed interest Mm-hmm. and Petrangelo resigning with the Blues and he's been I mean everybody knows he's been a huge part of the Blues team I think I read something over the past 10 years he's led the team in ice time and for the last five years he's been leading the defense in points so this is not a guy that's just a small part of this team now they don't have too much room to be flexible with their cap space because they also have to sign Vince Dunn who's an RFA mm-hmm but I'm sure they'll work something out to sign Petrangelo again. It seems like it seems like there's no, you know, there's no like they get along GM and player very well, and there's been negotiations which kind of they look like they're gonna he's gonna resign with them. Yeah, it, it it'd be hard to get rid of your captain. It's always hard to get rid of your captain. That's the yeah. heart and soul of the team. So it'd be hard to get rid of him, especially since he's such a a loved player by literally everybody. Um, And so, like I said, I I think it's pretty sure that he will resign. I just, um, the only doubt is that they have that cap space and in order to get more, then that's where Alec Petrangelo steps in. Exactly. It all all comes down to how much money they're going to offer him because he did have a great season, 52 points in 70 games for a defenseman. That's pretty good so if they want to keep him they probably have to move some people and then lastly we have Braden Holtby I feel like that's also kind of a similar situation I don't I feel like he probably doesn't want to leave Washington but maybe but he wasn't that good this year and so that might be the situation where it's time to move him if anything like Grace said before it's an awful time to kind of you know judge them based off performance but if that's what they want then I guess it would be the perfect time to give him up now since he's a UFA wait so are you, are you saying Frederick Anderson for Braden Holtby one for one <laughs> I don't think I don't think the Leafs have the no definitely not <laughs> no. if they can get a solid 
goaltender for Frederick Anderson. It doesn't have to be a big name goaltender. It'll just have to be a goaltender that like knows how, how to save goals. Then I'll be happy. I just did it to see your face and it was worth it. <laughs> like, no. So Never. I'm, I'm going to bring this to a close now. Yes. Cause, <laughs> okay. One, Grace probably wants to bring this to a close because she doesn't want to edit this for like seven hours. I also have a <laughs> meeting in 20 minutes. So, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so it's also time for us to kind of to an end because um, I think we spoke a lot today. And I yeah, think I told you guys that did. yesterday. Marjorie has to go watch The Vampire Diaries. So, Like you guys so said, I have to so- tell my secret. <laughs> I had so much more to say about Montreal, but it's okay. We'll save it for next week. <laughs> yeah, like week. yesterday. I and it was text- actually good things. Yesterday I texted the group chat and I was like, I think the show will be a little bit longer this week. I'm I told like- her that longer is a forbidden <laughs> word in this group chat. I was like, I can't, my hands just type. I can't, <laughs> I can't stop them from what they're doing. And so we're going to end it off with uh, the games that you guys will be watching. So it's just two games for you guys, nothing too heavy. Uh, so there's going to be, once again, the Flyers against the Islanders and then the Golden Knights versus the Canucks. So two very interesting series to see, especially since the Flyers just won today. So it's one and one. So those are two great series to, um, to watch, I guess, tomorrow or today, whatever day you guys are listening. It's always hard with these things. <laughs> And it is most definitely going to be Thursday, unless I turn oh, yes. into an audio superwoman and I get this thing edited in the next 20 minutes. <laughs> so, I hope you guys liked listening to, our, to what we had to say. <laughs> I know that there's going to be a lot of you that are going to be very upset with me because I was very not for this Leafs trade, and <laughs> there's going to be many of you that's very happy with Grace, and then there's going to be many of you like Alessia, who's just who's just riding along on the wave, just living life, you know, observing from a distance. But I know there's going to be plenty of us for us to talk about next week. And I can't wait to see if there's going to be more arguments or finally some predictions that we finally get right. (laughs) So thanks guys for listening. And keep your sticks on the ice. And your heels heels on on the the dance floor. floor.